right, we're live. Um, hi, everyone. My name is Julia. I am the partner manager at Gorgeous. Uh, we're super excited for everyone who's tuning in, whether it's live or later, to learn um, a little bit more about just from what we're seeing, you know, for SMS, social and support, uh, and how to really drive additional revenue. I have some great uh, partners of mine here, so I will let everyone go around and introduce themselves and just tell us a little bit uh, about their company as well. Cool. Uh, I guess I'll kick it off since I'm on the left there. Uh, well, hi guys. My name is Tim Bird. Uh, I run uh, AdLeaks. I also have an ad agency. I've um, been doing internet advertising now for about 15 years or so. Um, I uh, uh, also recently started a, a telemedicine company, actually, uh, uh, during COVID. Uh, and uh, yeah, uh, I throw a bunch of networking events. Uh, I love internet marketing, and I'm happy to be on the call with all you guys. <laughs> awesome. Glad to have you here. Uh, I guess I'll go next. Um, so my name is Alex Brown. I've been in e-commerce for going on eight years now. Had a couple companies that uh, did not do well and learned enough to start a couple that did. Um, Co-founded a company called Dollar Beard Club, uh, which became an eight-figure brand in our first year. Taught us a lot about how to run an actual business. Um, I did some consulting and now I'm uh, working with my second eight-figure brand, Migraine Fills. So it's uh, non-toxic cleaning stuff. So quite a leap in customers from beard care to eco mom. <laughs> yeah. Learn a lot in between. Yeah. <laughs> and happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for joining. Um, already introduced myself, but I guess just some quick background. So I'm the partner manager for the West Coast here at Gorgeous. Prior to working at Gorgeous, I was at Yapo and BounceX. So I spent some time in the e-commerce space uh, working on different SMS and email campaigns, but definitely happy to be here today. Cool. I'll go next. Hello, everyone. My name is Gerard. I am a strategic partner manager at Postscript. For those of you that don't know, Postscript is an SMS marketing platform uh, that works exclusively with Shopify. Uh, prior to working at Postscript, I was a partner manager at Shopify, and I've also uh, dabbled here and there in the dropshipping ecosystem as well. Nice. Nice. I'll go last here. Uh, so we, uh, I'm CEO of Helpflow. We provide 24-7 live chat teams, so over 100 e-com stores. Nice. Uh, we've been doing it for about six years. Uh, before that, I came out of um, agencies, driving traffic, similar similar background. Um, and we get really deeply involved with like more than just running chat on the client sites. And so we've been fortunate to see just kind of the back-end customer service stacks of uh, tons and tons of customers see how they do retention, those types of things. So I'm super, super excited to be able to dig in with you guys on everything today. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Well, yeah, so happy to have everyone here. And um, I'm excited to go through some of these different examples and use cases and, and hear everyone's perspective as well. I will say too, Gerard wins for the best haircut in the thumbnail profile photo there. True. I'm working on mine though. There it's it is. The hot stage though. Oh, Alex, you win best beard all day though, man. <laughs> Thanks, bro. Well, I can tell you uh, just what I've heard in the last couple of days since iOS 14 has really, uh, uh, really dropped. Basically, um, uh, people are people are freaking out. Not gonna lie. Um, uh, people are told me that their CPMs went through the roof. Uh, conversion rates are, you know, abysmal. Um, uh, I have heard a couple people say that they're performing better than normal, but that seems to be the exception and not the rule. 
Yeah. No, I definitely have seen the same thing where it's been a little bit nerve wracking for some businesses, but I think there's different ways that we can evolve with that. Um, would be curious to know from like an SMS perspective, what you guys have heard or if there's been any shift in the strategy thus far. Uh, yeah, I, I can go here. I, I think it's just, this has just shined a light on how important it is to have your own marketing channels. Uh, email, SNS have become even more vital to the success of, uh, of the overall brand's uh, uh, go-to-market strategy. Um, so as, as re realtors uh, or as brands start to scramble um, and find new ways to plug in the holes for the iOS updates, uh, SMS is going to be one of the go-to things. It's still a very uh, blue ocean market. There are not a lot of brands that are actually leveraging SMS. Mm -hmm. And so compared to traditional channels like email, where you might see anywhere from 10 to 25% open rates, SMS is still getting over 90% open rates, over 20% click-through rates, and that is trickling down into your conversions. Um, so if you have just been relying on Facebook to generate your sales and are considering uh, to start to expand that SMS is definitely something that should be top priority for you guys now. Mm -hmm. right. Yeah. I, you know, coming from bounce X as well, I had the email marketing lens and just seeing SMS as a channel and how it's picked up. I think it just goes to show that like when thinking through the marketing strategy, making sure you're taking advantage of the different levers and SMS is definitely one where, we're all on our phones, like the open rate, the response rate um, and conversion are so high. So being able to take advantage of those different ones for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, yeah, in I terms Tim, of a... go ahead, go ahead. I was gonna say, uh, I know I know, there's a lot of talk on um, the, the data and the track, like really not just on the hard was saying, but to be able to, to own the data and make sure that you're leveraging, you know, all you can. Um, we, we've been trying to, figure out how we can push some of the chat data back to the advertiser to be able to like track, to have those engagement metrics to just, you know, further enrich um, the audience data. It's super early days now since it just came out, even though they've been talking about it since, you know, last year. Um, but I know the data part's super, super uh, popular right now in the community. Yeah, I was, I was actually just about to say that we experienced we were pretty custom funnel builder infrastructure that we created, which we're hopefully moving away from the simplify our life. We're running a tech company, I feel like some days. Um, but <laughs> we saw issues like six weeks ago, two months ago, where like um, we have a media buying partner and they were just like, hey, just let you know, we don't know what we're doing anymore. And it's not because our scale level changes because like your website has stopped communicating with Facebook. So mm -hmm. we kind of went through the drama, you know, six weeks ago. Um, and started working with Heroes, which is a software. If you guys have tried um, their server-side tracking, seems to be working really well for us. Um, but yeah, it just kind of highlights um, how risky it can be if you're really too dependent on one traffic source. Facebook actually isn't our number one traffic source. We tend to work with a lot of affiliate partners, um, mostly like influencers and people who own communities. So we kind of were hedged against that. But at the same time, it's not as scalable as Facebook could be. So. Um, we're trying a whole bunch of different things right now. And I think to the points about SMS and email list, we do really well with our email list and with our SMS list. Um, about a quarter million dollars a month just comes from our own list. And some of those are buyers, some of those are leads. So we really focus on lead generation as much as we can and trust building. 
um, and seems to work well with us. But you know, I'm still hopeful there's a day where we can like, yeah, we're gonna spend 20k a day on Facebook ads. Uh, we just haven't found that magic formula yet, and hopefully that's possible in this world. But um, for us to kind of keep our head above water and to keep learning, just kind of diversifying across a couple of different strategies seems to be providing a little bit of gold here and there. Nice. You know, one other point thinking about this is that a lot of people have thought specifically that SMS is part of their bottom of funnel strategy. But I think if you're looking to still leverage Facebook, something that is really unexplored right now is how to use lead ads to start growing your SMS list. Um, for example, you could offer a discount on a lead ad, a person signs up, you can drop them to automation. And then after you collect that user data through the lead ad, you can then send them to your website. So even if you're not able to fully track that, initiate checkouts and add to carts, you still have that customer data. So I think instead of driving for the conversion, you might now see brands shift their focus and energy and driving for the actual lead. Out of curiosity, Gerard, uh, that that's a great idea um, using lead ads to funnel into SMS. I'm curious, uh, what what type of like cost per subscriber or whatever you're, you're kind of seeing doing that? Um, so there are a couple of agencies that I work with that have done really stellar campaigns. Um, I don't know they they were one of the one of the agency's clients that they set this up for they created a landing page um, and they were offering like a free sample pack so it was a, a cpg product and so people signed up for the sample pack and then they were, uh, they were able to i think reduce their cpa by like 40 percent or something like wow. that so i don't i i, I don't have um a, like a general cpa because not a lot of people are doing it yeah but I think <laughs> I also think because of how the uh, Facebook auction works, lead ads aren't as competitive as like a normal, like all the other ads. So like it's going to reduce the cost. Well, and and it's easier for Facebook to track now. So yeah, it's way easier. So I think that's, I think that's the route people need to be really start thinking about it. Postscript really works <laughs> well to, to be able to capitalize on that. Does that, does that plug right into a, uh, does, do the lead ads plug right into Postscript or you go through Zapier or something? You can use, you can go through Zapier. Cool. Okay. We'll talk more later, Tim. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm taking notes too. Um, yeah, we found just in like selling physical products, it's been tough for us to, to do like eBooks as lead gen, but actually when we kind of offer we'll do a lot of BOGOs or whatever, just to kind of get people in the door and, and build a relationship. And if we're driving people to a landing page and we have a pop-up, the pop-up is basically the exact offer, but it makes it look like you need to put your email and SMS in. We had a decent amount of opt-ins like that, but I'd really love to try that of like the offer as the, hey, opt-in here to get three free of this. And then they go to the mm -hmm. pages, buy one, get three free. Um, and you still have a chance to build a relationship, but. Yeah, totally. Awesome. Well, yeah, definitely some great insights. Um, and I think as everyone has kind of mentioned, just it's going to be a little bit of trial and error with this, but even just hearing about how things have shifted in the past six weeks for, for some of you, is really cool to hear. Um, another thing too, that, you know, I think has become top of mind is it's been around for a while, abandoned cart series, but thinking about how you translate those sequences through SMS, email, and social, and how those may be similar or different. Um, 
So definitely curious to hear everyone's thoughts on this, what they've seen to be effective and also just where they're seeing it shift, you know, because for a while, for instance, like email was number one and now SMS has been a leading charge for abandoned cart series um, or even the evolution of like, you know, traditionally it was simply, hey, you left this in your cart versus uh, this item is low in stock or it's been price dropped. So how that's also we're seeing like revenue driven uh, through this lens as well. One thing, uh, one, one thing we had seen um, is a lot of our clients, like they tend to focus on individual pieces of it. So like either mm-hmm. you know, the checkout flow on the site or the Clavio sequence or the SMS sequence. Um, but one of the things we've seen uh, some brands that, that seem to do really well with it is looking at recovery as a whole. So essentially looking at abandons as a whole and then saying, okay, on the site, what can we do to optimize that? And then they figure out, I think the best way to explain it is is the sequence when each part has the biggest impact. Like what we try to do on chat is, is predict essentially if somebody's gonna abandon and then engage with them before they abandon. So not like an exit intent, but like a couple steps before they abandon based on their behavior. And then uh, right after they abandon SMS crushes, right? So like PostScript, getting the timing of those those sequences right, getting the conversations like uh, right pretty close to the abandon. And then the Clavio sequence or email sequence after that, like a little bit down the line, and then just kind of messing with the timing and sequence on all of those to get the total recovery rate high. The holistic view seems to work really well from what we've been seeing. Really great points, John. Um, I, I can geek out about abandoned cart sequences all day. <laughs> There's so many things that you can do beyond a traditional three message sequence like is seen here. So I think, Julian, going back to what you were saying about looking uh, at email and SMS together, brands mm-hmm. didn't choose one or the other. They should definitely use both in tandem because brands that leverage that, uh, both channels typically see about a 30% increase in uh, conversion rates when they do that in, in revenue. Um, and I think one of the things that you should start really thinking about is is personalization with the abandoned carts. So look at your top three selling items within your store and make unique abandoned cart flows for each one of those items. So you can actually call out specific features and benefits within the abandoned cart series as well. Um, And then there are other things that you can do other than offering a discount, which I don't like. Um, You you don't want to train your customers to expect a discount in the beginning. Uh, So you could do things like uh, offer a reminder. If you use something like Afterpay or like um, Affirm or Klarna, you can actually say in the abandoned cart messages, hey, did you know you can split up your payment into four installations? Simply check Afterpay at checkout to, to be able to do that. Um, and then you can also create filters in the abandoned cart sequence. So maybe you offer a discount to carts that have um, larger AOVs or uh, larger cart values because you have a little bit more margin to play around with. So if you have uh, a, your margins are very thin, don't offer a discount to a, a customer who only has one of those items, the larger that uh, the more items they have, give them more and more of a discount to make sure that you capture that conversion. Yeah, those are all really awesome points. And um, we even have like a, a VIP for customer support tickets, which we're, we revised, you know, the parameters, but it's similar fashion. Like if someone has bought over five plus times or over $500 worth of product. And that's a really cool way to think about it with the abandoned cart series of like, yeah. 
the margins and who would constitute for which type of campaign. I really like that. Is there a, a general rule of thumb? I'm sorry to, if you're moving on. General rule of thumb, Gerard, you would say for like the amount of customization to you know amount of leads you're collecting or revenue is like like a best practice in terms of SMS abandoned carts. Um, so some of the more successful ones that you can do something very slight, and it doesn't need to be overboard. So. Um, one thing is no matter what, most of the SMS platforms out there charge per message sent. So uh, an SMS standard text could be one cent. An MMS, which has a image in it, can be up to three cents. So three times the amount that you're paying for that. Um, so you could do a lot of customization with images or split test that. But I actually, based on our own internal data, we see SMS convert just as well as MMS. So I think that's one of the biggest differences between SMS and email. Email, it all comes down to your creative in order to drive the click-through rate. SMS, you don't need any images at all. It can be a literally one sentence. Um, and if you want to go through personalization, you could be calling out the product name, uh, make that unique. And you might say, hey, it's John from uh, um, XYZ brand, like the founder reaching out to you directly. Um, one thing that I like to do is say, I'm a real person, text me back. Um, and our, our platform is a true two-way communication platform. So if a customer texts you back in the abandoned cart with a question, your team can then follow up and respond to Absolutely that, cool. get that conversion right there. Yeah. We've, we've seen that drive a lot of um, like early in a product launch or even early in a, in a client's business like leaning towards that conversational part of like any questions I can help with, keep it like super generalized. And then they start to like analyze the responses they're getting to realize, okay, it's mostly an objection about shipping costs or it's mostly, you know, some sort of confusion on the product. They seem to kind of mine the conversations initially and then start to automate down whatever's, uh, you know, the most common thing. And that's super helpful on, on PostScript because it's conversational. You can see that pretty fast. Awesome. Sure, yeah. I, I wanted to add too that I'm surprised that S, that MMS never wins. I keep running split tests, expecting one day from the MMS to win, and just it doesn't. I, it's defies defies logic for me because you'd think of like a a GIF or something would be like, oh, cool, click here. But like, I, I yeah, it just doesn't seem to work. Everyone had that exact same assumption. I know I did. Um, so I always use images. I think one of the things that you have to consider is what do you skew toward revenue or building your brand? And I think if you have an automation, what's helpful is even if the MMS doesn't convert as much, it's still good to maintain your brand voice. So what I like to do is have an image in the start of the sequence and it'll establish the tone for the rest of them. So I can save on costs on the second, third, fourth, fifth message, just sending a regular SMS. But when the client is scrolling through their messages, they can say, oh, it's, we're doing a specific sale for this weekend. Or like they understand that it's tied to that, that brand. So they don't even have to read the entire wall of text that you're sending. They can just see that image, have that yeah. uh, brand recognition, and then go on with their regular flow. Awesome. Well, yeah, very, very insightful. I always kind of have been intrigued by SMS and it's a good segue into another thing I was curious about. And 
yeah, maybe mostly pointed at Gerard, but curious other people's thoughts as well as, um, you know, the campaigns we were talking about maybe were more so targeted at people who have already opted in, but thinking through even that step one of like, what is the best way to be getting phone numbers and also making sure you're mindful of the customer, where they're at in the customer journey. Um, so definitely would love to get some thoughts around this and, and any best practices you've seen as well. Sure. Um, so a, a couple points on this, because you have a pop-up. Pop-ups, I think, are the best way to collect phone numbers. Uh, before, you could collect phone numbers at checkout. However, you no longer can do that unless you're on Shopify Plus compliantly. So with pop-ups, you have the ability today to collect phone number and email. Uh, as a brand, I always recommend for brands to collect phone numbers first because they are a harder piece of data to collect compliantly. You can still have a pre-checkbox on checkout for email. Um, and so if a customer abandons at checkout, they're still on your email list. Um, and then in terms of actual opt-in rates, most pop-ups typically say anywhere from 2 to 3% conversions. And that's prop due to a couple factors. I think one is the offer. Most brands either offer 10% off, 20% off, and that's super boring. And they're usually offering this discount as soon as a customer arrives to the website itself. Mm -hmm. So if I've never heard of your brand, I don't need a discount as soon as I land there because I don't even know anything about them. Uh, a nice little hack you can do is you can look at the average time someone is on your site and right before they bounce. So if I know my average customer time spent on the site is about a minute 30, I might offer that pop-up up at like a minute. So they have time to actually understand the brand, understand the value that we're gonna be giving to the customer. And then when they're on the fence, serve them with the pop-up then. So you can then, <laughs> save and get that that cell at the end. Um, yeah, I'll let some other shine in here too. Nice. Yeah, I think kinda... uh, I was gonna say the only thing I have to add to this one, cause this is pretty hardcore phone number based, but um, the timing of that pop-up, like one of the things we use on chat, which, which you could do the same tech here, is uh, we basically track a bunch of stuff about the visitor in Tag Manager, in Google Tag Manager in the data layer. So essentially what we're trying to do with chat, but again, you could do here, is like predict if somebody's going to abandon or to get that timing right um, on a more like user by user basis to say, okay, like they're moving through checkout, they're going at this pace and then they hit a page and then they slow down, right? So basically tracking that slowdown in the data layer and then pushing that to the pop-up. Um, I've never tested it on a phone number pop-up, but I think the same thing would work. It's, it has a huge impact on uh, the chat response rate on greetings to get into a conversation. Cool. Yeah. Um, two, two more points and then uh, we've got on the next slide. One, I think if you have an existing email list, um, a good thing that you should start considering is getting those customers on your SMS list. And you should think about not providing the same sort of content on each of those lists. So you might do special product drops or early announcements or, or things like that, or, or build a specific community for your VIPs, for example, on SMS versus email. So you can create automations in your email flow to actually drive people to the SMS list. And we and Postscript have the ability to create a landing page on your website that's hidden. It's only for only email users can access it. Um, and you can actually drive signups there from your existing email followers. And then one other way you can collect phone numbers that I've seen brands do is that you can actually create QR codes, put them in packaging, and you can say, like, again, it's all about the incentive of why someone would want 
take out their phone in the first place uh, to scan that QR code. But if you can come up with an interesting incentive as soon as they get their gift or their, their purchase, um, you can drive a new subscriber growth that way as well. Very cool. I like awesome. that a lot. I'm taking a lot of notes here, by the way, guys. Thank you. This is great. Uh, I, I would say on the incentive side, um, I kind of mentioned it before. Something that's worked for us really well is like getting a free product. Um, it's not the same as a discount, even though it really is. Um, if you have a really high value expensive product, it's not as easy to do. Um, with us, fortunately, we can do a buy one and get one free pretty comfortably. And it's really the same as just discounting two of them. But it, there's something about getting something free that's a frenzy for people. Um, and every time we do an offer that's like save for save 50%, it does about 50% as good as something that's like buy one, get one free. It's the exact same. So that's worked for us for like, you know, incentives for pop-ups as well is just putting something free on there. And that's typically what our offer is anyways on a page. On your site, Alex, I was checking out the site before. Um, the way you worded the the fifty, I might have got split tested, but fifty free loads or something like um, essentially like how long the free product is going to last you? Fifty loads of laundry or something um, seemed like really powerful. Uh, I'm sure it's the same as like you get this other thing free that happens to do fifty loads, but like wording the impact of what that's going to enable you to do, like it, that stood out to me. And my first thought was like, how are they giving that much away? Even though it's probably yeah. you know a small quantity. And if you get further down on the page, it's actually a hundred free loads, but yeah. we just re reworded re re how that offer was. Um, it used to be 50 free and now it's actually a hundred free. It's just, we moved things on what was free in the bundle and it just, you know, it's just a lot of tweaking until it doesn't work. And then we got to figure out something new. <laughs> As you guys know, that something works until it doesn't. And then you're like, okay, well, here we go again. I love that. Yeah. I even just the, the notion of like how people react to free food and work offices, not that most of us are back in work offices, but everyone loves getting something free. So I think like the two points of one being able to, yeah, provide value, whether it's a discount or maybe being a little bit more mindful of like not always doing a discount, but offering something free, um, that value add and also the timing of the placement I think is so important. There's nothing more frustrating than getting to an e-commerce website and immediately being displayed the pop-up when you're like, no, just let me look at the product I'm interested in. <laughs> uh, so being thoughtful about when you actually have that and yeah, using the data as many of you have mentioned of, okay, well, if the average time on site is this, making sure it's maybe like slightly before that, but definitely not when you first get to the website. Right. The, on that note, like the sequence of those pop-ups is so important. Like a lot of brands, they'll do the 20% off SMS one, and then they'll do literally like a Clavio one a couple steps later. And then, you know, not with us, but uh, they'll have the chat pop up right after that. And it's like, it's almost like they're not QAing the website to understand like from the visitor's experience, like when are these things happening? So if you're using, if you're using any pop-ups, like you gotta get the timing right. But if you're using multiple, like you gotta figure out how they all play together. Otherwise it's, it's crazy. Totally. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think another important point is SMSs can be really great for customer acquisition, for retention, same with social, um, but also thinking through customer support and, you know, how are we able to tie in those experiences? I definitely have some examples, but uh, would also love to hear from everyone else about what they're seeing that like effective brands have done for for these types of campaigns, just to make sure they're providing those exceptional customer experiences. 
Yeah, I think we have uh, probably like two main ones to add here. One, I think we touched on some of this earlier, but um, with uh, with chat specifically, customizing the greetings depending on if they're a first time visitor, repeat visitor, customizing if they're you know a second or third time person that's ordered or VIP customer, like basically um, the same way you treat people differently, like within Gorgeous based on knowing all their order history, like doing that on the chat side too. Um, and that's not just from a conversion perspective, like it's gonna help you convert better because it's it's personalized to where they're at. Um, but it's also like, like you mentioned, just a better customer experience, right? Um, so that's one thing we, we've seen work well. And you can do that, um, you can do that based on a lot of tech. You can also tag your Clavio sequences or tag different tools that are driving traffic to the site and then, and then use that to um, customize the greetings and customize the chat stuff. Um, but that's been really helpful for, for um, brands that we've seen. And then the, the other one um, is, uh, is with upsells, like increasing the cart value, increasing the order value or driving people to subscriptions or, or all these different things. Um, those can add a ton to the bottom line and, and just make the economics way better. But it's, it's hard to do that in like a completely automated fashion. Um, one thing that, that we've seen our clients do well is like we basically build these these conversational upsells in conversations um so like the example i used on another call was you know if a client sells iphone cases like high-end iphone cases right um so if we're in a conversation about somebody that just got the new iphone and they want a case and their kids always break their phone they want something that's like good looking but rugged or whatever it is like we're having that conversation um we help them find the right product like like a chat agent would but then we also upsell them the the glass at the end, right? Like the glass protector for your phone and that stuff's mm -hmm. super, super high margin for those clients. Um, and so doing that in a conversational way and providing a discount on it, like it's just something that would be hard to automate that entire experience, but it doesn't, doesn't feel like an upsell. And so um, clients that do well with those seem to be the ones that that we build those upsell sequences with in conversations and, and then they apply that into um, their checkout funnel and into their post-purchase stuff um, based on what happened in the chats. They seem to do well with that. Yeah, I mean, uh, with, with ad leaks, uh, we use uh, SMS uh, all the time uh, for everything from payment reminders uh, to <clears throat> uh, thank you text to uh, anything transactional, uh, like here's a link to your interview, here's a link to sign up, here's a link for this. Um, uh, but that, it's made a massive, massive difference, honestly. Um, uh, so anybody, I, and that's not even e-commerce technically, I mean, um, uh, but uh, it, it definitely makes a huge difference. So if anyone, anyone watching this <laughs> um, uh, is not using SMS for any of these things, honestly, you need to get on that like now. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And both of those, I mean, all these different examples, I think can be really helpful. And yeah, very, I'm very curious to learn, John Moore, we'll have to talk offline about how you're like thinking through some of these um, specified chat campaigns and like where you can employ certain like rules or automations. I think it can be such a fine line of like automating things versus keeping it personal. Um, something I've also seen to be really effective has been for like any sort of product within e-commerce where you typically wouldn't be purchasing it online or like you would want to interact with a retails associate being able to, uh, have a chat campaign there. So mm -hmm. like, um, and it, this is actually like a real example was, uh, 
earlier this winter, my sister was buying a Christmas tree and because of the pandemic, she had to buy it online. And such like Christmas trees, it's such, so part of the experience is going and like, you know, seeing how tall they are. Maybe they help you get it onto your car. Uh, and she was buying it online. So, you know, a chat campaign came up that was like, we know this is not the conventional way of buying Christmas trees, but let us know if you have any questions. So she went through the different, you know, questions of, well, if my apartment is this size, which Christmas tree should I be purchasing? And will they be delivering it to the apartment? Do I need to sign? Can they bring it up the stairs? Like, you know, those things that you would need kind of assistance and guidance on. And she ended up purchasing uh, the tree after like having this interaction. And she saw like on the sign, it said like powered by gorgeous. And she texted me right away and was like, wait, isn't that the company you're interviewing with? So <laughs> funny example, but also yeah, real life example of how chat translates. So that's something I've seen from our clients too, is, you know, if it's like you think about sunglasses or eyewear too, that's typically something where you would need assistance. Um, having chat campaigns definitely can be effective as well for just maintaining that customer experience online that you would have had in store. Yeah, yeah honestly, one other thing. Go ahead, Tim. I was going to say that uh, uh, I've seen uh, with with chat do wonders for uh, for me and for clients as well, uh, and especially on anything that's like uh, either complicated or uh, or where people have a lot of questions or high ticket. Either yeah. one, um, I think chat is a necessity. You like literally need it. Um, I agree. I totally agree with what you just said, but I'm biased. Um, one of the things that <laughs> well, I'm uh, not biased, so it's okay. That's true. That's true. I might screenshot this. Um, Julia, one of the things you mentioned is um, like helping them understand how the product's going to arrive and, and essentially like product discovery, right? Um, right? Like you can do that really well in a conversation. Um, one of the things though, that again, like I think the trend to a lot of my answers today feels like you know, we do chat, but then here's what our clients do with that chat data. Um, we've seen some clients have insane results by basically re realizing how we're helping customers find the right product or how we're helping people understand like what to buy. And then they basically feed that back to their design team and like redesign uh, collection pages, um, oftentimes redesign product pages. But I found um, the product discovery process and the product search process um, can can in uh have a huge impact if you make changes to that and the chat uh the chats are a good way to identify like what what's the best way to structure that stuff an example that comes to mind is um we have a client that sells basically gaming equipment like headphones keyboards all that stuff um and they had at the time this was a couple of years ago they're still a client but um this particular situation was like probably three or four years ago they had uh five different headsets i think ranging from like 150 bucks to 650 bucks they all looked basically the same, a little bit of a different color, but they all look basically the same. And customers were just asking us like, which one's best for this? This is the type of gaming I do, or this is how long I game or like all these other things. And so we figured out like what people were asking. And then we built this little grid for the team at the time to answer the questions um, just to kind of, you know, dial it in. And we shared that with a client on a meeting a couple months in and said, hey, like, here's here's how we're doing it. Like, it'd be easier if you guys would redesign your page so that we could just guide people with the content on the page. And they did it and it massively increased the conversion uh, in that, that part of the funnel. So getting collection to product and then all the way through the funnel. So then we, we kind of like systematize that in the business of feeding them information. Feeding Absolutely. And on that note, actually, uh, one of the things that we recommend for clients, uh, especially if they come in with a product or service, it's like unique or kind of different. Um, you don't know exactly kind of what the landing page should have on it or what people's questions will be, you know, 
Um, uh, I found that putting chat on it um, right from the get-go and then going through the chat, just seeing the, pe the questions people answer, uh, literally. Uh, you just you, you get the same question over and over, add it to the FAQ, add it uh, to the landing page. Um, it makes a massive difference. Yeah, for sure. Um, going, going off of that, um, I think one of the things that's really great about the PostScript platform is our integrations with other apps within the entire ecosystem. So on this particular subject, I'm thinking about our integration with Okendo in order to generate user reviews. Um, so as, as I mentioned earlier, SMS is a true two-way communication channel. So people can literally text you photos of them using their product or video of you of them using the product and um one of the brands that we work with that ha is leveraging our integration with okendo scotch porter we're able to generate or see an increase of about 12 percent in the reviews they captured and then not only did they get reviews but they got ugc which they could repurpose later um, for their retargeting ads. And then, you know, talking about uh, high ticket items or FAQs, one of the great things you can do is you can actually get really specific in your ask for this type of UGC and reviews. So maybe if you find that customers are asking a lot of questions, you can ask your customers to leave a review about how that product that you're selling solves that mm -hmm. particular pain point and then use that UGC, put it on that landing page. So they don't even have to like uh, scroll down. They can actually see it not coming from the brand, but from another customer who yeah. might've had that problem at, and have it be addressed as well. So I feel silly because we're not really doing chat. It just goes to email. So John, if you could send me an yeah. email after this, that'd be great. Um, <laughs> I, I have this like random thought that's burning its hole in my brain. I have to get out and it's more of like a feature request from you, Gerard. But like, have you guys ever got like the B2B, you know, on LinkedIn things where someone's like holding up a whiteboard and it says your name, like, Hey Alex, I want to talk. Like, yep. You guys should figure out a way to do that with SMS. And I don't know if you have already, but like if somebody like a store sent me a gift that was like, Alex, you forgot your sneakers. Like, I feel like that's a crazy level of personalization, but. Anyways, that I'm gonna shut up. Now. I just had to let that super cool. <laughs> um, that'd be super cool. I'll I'll run into our product team. Yeah. So I mean, like I've seen platforms for cold emailing do that, but I haven't seen it done in a, a marketing channel. That if we could figure that, out, that would be really, really. Yeah, awesome. dude. I'll take ten percent. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, you guys really want the gifs to win. You're like fighting to make the gifs. <laughs> right. 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 That's the way. That's the. I way. think no, like if we customize the gifs, maybe they'll work. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, look at this one right here. I'm like captivated by this slide. Let's go. Right? It's just it's energized me just watching this right now. If you can type that fast. Um, <laughs> no, but I, I do think that seeing, uh, you know, the ROAS, at least for our clients, what we've seen is there's massive like engagement on social, especially for some of these like millennial or D2C brands. That's, you know, you think about like outdoor voices, hashtag doing things and all the people really are engaging and communicating with that brand on Facebook and Instagram. And so being able to comment quickly and respond to these like campaigns, one, it's going to help with the ROAS for your ads, but also it's an opportunity to you know, like drive awareness or get them back to the website to convert potentially. Also, if you think about it from the consumer perspective, if you are, you know, like writing to outdoor voices, like I love the exercise dress and they respond, like 
it's our favorite. We're so glad you've great taste. Here's a discount code. Or um, if you buy one today, you can get one for a friend at 50% off. Uh, that feels also like a VIP experience. Like, oh my gosh, After Voices just responded to my message. So uh, another part that we've seen just more from the customer experience, but curious to hear everyone else's thoughts and if they've you know, seen any effective campaigns for brands they work with or what they've found to be unique here. I think that's gonna become super important with iOS 14 of like feeding Facebook the data to know like uh, who's engaged. So I think anything mm -hmm. you can do to do that is, is good. The one thing I, um, we have to add to that is We've been testing this for a while. It's not out yet. Um, there's some technical technical issues to it, but trying to do trying to turn those comments in on ad ads specifically, um, turning those into like live chat conversations essentially, right in the comments mm -hmm. um, where somebody at, like in your example, Julia. But rather than having it be you know 50 minute response time or whatever this one is in the screenshot, like seconds, like 10 to 12 seconds, like a chat. Um, we've tested that and it works really really well. It's just hard to. Hard to scale up partially from the people perspective, which we saw, but also from the tech side on, on Facebook, getting that data quickly is a little bit of a mess. Yeah. Exciting. That's really cool though, John, if you can get that working, that'd be really cool though. Um, I, I personally seen on this, uh, just while we're on this slide here, I personally, uh, we at, at the agency, we, we've hired people just to do comments, literally like full-time job. Um, uh, and we found that it, uh, it adds uh, anywhere from anywhere. It can account for basically 10% of your entire company sales. I'll put it that way. Um, uh, if you're responding to those comments and messages well. Um, so it, it's huge. Yeah. Totally. Are you guys doing that all in the interface? You're doing it uh, all with Facebook's interface, right? Uh, we tried using, uh, I forgot what that Agora Pulse or something like that. Yeah. Uh, we tried yeah. using that and it was pretty good, but it would, it would miss some comments here and there. Uh, so then, yeah, so right for the, at least for the last couple of years, we've had mainly just going through uh, basically uh, like natively in Facebook through the notification area. Um, yeah. Yeah, Julia, I think if Gorgeous can solve that part of like getting it all in there in real time as a chat interface, like nobody's solved that yet. Um, and and it's really hard to manage it all within Facebook, especially as you're trying to do multi-brand. And like impossible. Um, yeah, <laughs> and it, I think it's Facebook's fault. They, they have messy messy ways to get the data out. So um, yeah, you guys can solve so, that, we're in. I mean, I will for sure add to our product feedback and fingers crossed. I know right now we have a couple of clients for beta testing. Now we're about to launch first hundred for Instagram DMs and that's going well. Cool. But yeah, with Facebook, there's been a couple roadblocks or it's taken a little bit longer than anticipated with some of that, but hopefully in the right direction there too. Um, yeah, another point I, I wanted to have everyone chime in on is just how we're thinking about the like, Yes, automation is going to be important and that allows us to respond to more complex customer questions or thinking through like a more thoughtful buyer journey. Um, so one, like how do you maintain if you are putting some automation in the brand voice and also make people feel as though uh, they are like speaking to a human being? I know there's been some examples already by like, hey, like text back, I am a human, but um, yeah, curious what other thoughts people have around this or what they've seen to be effective. Yeah, I got two, two quick comments on this. Um, one of the, and I think it's unique with chat because they expect it to be conversational. SMS is not always conversational. I think it depends on like how, how, how you frame it. Mm -hmm. um, 
But with chat, we found um, the timing of the greeting matters way, way more than the actual wording or the personalization. And sometimes if you over-personalize, the response rate will go down. Um, so that timing of when they're starting to get confused and then just and to let you know I'm online, do you have any questions to with? Like that's always been the performing greeting for us, um, super low, low pressure. Um, so timing is more important content, at least if they expect it to be a conversation. Um, and then the second part is, um, maybe this is unique to chat also, I think, um, but trying to structure the, the brand voice into the conversation, like whether it's into a greeting or the way that you end the chats or those types of things, when, you never wanna be off brand, but if you try to, to, to um, architect that conversation too much, when it's a when it's a real time conversation back and forth, we found that that really like hurts the visitor experience and starts to feel scripted. I think is what it is. It feels robotic and scripted um, because they know it's a human literally typing on the other end back and forth. So like putting in that sentence about have an amazing outdoor adventure day or something, um, like it just feels weird to say that. You would never say that in a conversation. So so what we've done to kind of deal with this uh, is basically uh, just automate uh, whether it's SMS, chat, uh, support tickets, whatever. Um, it's just automate the first message or two, basically, um, uh, to try to get them to the right place at least. Um, and uh, but we but we tell them straight up in the message, like, hey, this is an automated message, uh, uh, you know. But if you want to, you know, respond back to talk to a real human kind of thing. Um, uh, and then so we're not lying to them and saying, hey, this is a real human when it's not. Uh, but then it does actually go to a real human. Uh, yeah, I think people just people just want to talk to a real human. I think these days, honestly. Right. Uh, for us, I was, I was going to mention um, with the bot versus human aspect. Um, I think that's definitely the right way to do it right now, Tim. Is 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 being upfront that it's a bot, and then being clear that there's a pass off. Um, yep. I think I think what's ultimately going to play out over time is um, it'll all start with bots, and you'll you'll be able to solve a lot of things conversationally with bots, not with if then flows and like. Are you asking about sales or are you asking about support? And then you click one, like that's that's just a different interface for a platform, really. Um, and so conversationally going back and forth with a bot, and then if it gets too complicated for the bot, it'll pass off to the human and the visitor, like they won't really feel that. Um, it'll just feel like they were getting help the entire time. Um, I think that's where it'll get to. And, and um, the tech for that, like the baseline tech is already there um, to be able to do that in a conversation. So it's close. Totally. Might have lost him. We lost your video. Yeah, I'm coming back here. Hold on. Oh, cool. <laughs> there we go. Um, and product feedback. I think probably all of us have seen the benefit of utilizing this for uh, our respective companies. I know from our perspective, like through taking our automations and then the tags, we're able to understand what people are writing in for customer support inquiries. So whether it's, you know, focused on sizing, maybe their sizing is smaller than industry average, being able to then, whether it's like leveraging that in a chat campaign um, or within the product page itself. I've also seen for like CPG brands, if they're getting a lot of like damaged or defective support tickets that may have to do something with like the item being perishable and the fact that they need to make sure that like the shipping um, company that they're using is aware or that they like include an extra ice package within that so that by the time it gets to the customer, it's still in good condition. Um, so we've definitely seen that 
to be effective for some of the product innovations or just the experience of kind of getting from place A, point A to point B. Uh, but curious, like what other people have seen and how you're able to take, you know, product feedback and then utilize that for driving additional revenue or gaining additional customers. Um, so, so one, I'll just, I'll go real quick. So one thing uh, that we've done uh, is one pop little surveys to people. Um, and then uh, in my Facebook groups, we'll just straight up ask people what they think of things. Mm. Uh, and then, uh, and then one thing actually that we found very, very uh, effective, uh, is on the, uh, uh, we, we have a subscription, so we have like a cancel cancellation page. Um, but, uh, uh if, if you have like a refund page or maybe, a, uh, you know, other things you could, you could do, do the same kind of thing, but basically we just literally ask people, why are you like, why are you canceling? Is it money? Is it content? Is it? Uh, customer service is it you know what is it um, uh, what's the reason uh, so I think if you do the same thing with customers that uh, on ecom for example that are looking for a refund or uh, a shipping status or uh, you know something uh, you can uh, you know uh, get a lot of feedback basically um, before there potentially even before there's any issues which is nice um, to chime in here I so I really like I sign up for a lot of different supplement companies and usually what they do is they provide me a 30 day supply of those supplements. Uh, but I don't typically take it 30 days in a row. I forget a ton yeah. that I haven't taken it. And so then I get to a point where I might have two or three uh, additional um, quantities of that particular supplement. And then I end up going canceling my entire subscription. So one of the things that we do is we integrate with Recharge and we have the ability to set up different flows specifically for um, subscriptions where you say, hey, uh, do you want to skip, you, you have an upcoming order that's about to be sent. Do you want to skip this round? And they can just reply yes and to be skipped. Um, so you can pause it for that particular month and then resend it out the next month. I think a lot of uh, uh, subscription brands are- That's really smart, by the way. They don't want to even offer to, to pause it because they're like, oh, I don't want to lose that on that money, but they don't realize that the customer might ultimately unsubscribe. So yep. I think offering that sort of solution is a really great way to get their feedback of where they are <laughs> in that consumption of that product. I think if, if you have a product like that too, that, uh, that you take every day, um, it's probably a good SMS to send someone that's like, you know, they've got the product, they're like seven days into it and be like, hey, are you taking your product every day? Set a reminder. This is how some of our other members are doing. Yeah, like just a reminder, take it with food, you know? Yeah, just some sort of like consumption reminder. It's a lot of like, you know, the biggest brands in the world, Coke and Pepsi, they're not like, hey, check out our offer. They're like, hey, drink more. You know, <laughs> use more, use it, use it, use it, you know? Well, those companies are more like uh, cute puppies, Pepsi. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> one thing um, one thing that we've seen with clients is like, if you, I guess you could do this on SMS too, but um, having that real time or super fast response time on like email, um, basically having a direct connection with the customer and being able to go back and forth really fast kind of preempts negative reviews um, because basically like if they're pissed about something, they can come on chat or send an SMS and get a response back really quickly, right? And so you can diffuse a lot of those situations before it turns into negative feedback. Um, so so even if it's, it might be saving that customer, but um, you know, worst case scenario, you're, you're saving a negative review before it happens, right? Yeah. Um, or, or they'll 
do a negative review, but they'll say, you know, they tried and here's what the company did. And, you know, it'll be a good negative review if there's yeah. something. <laughs> a, like, like, a neutral some review. Of the, uh, yes. Some of like the most irate people I find too actually will kind of come full circle if they just, they're just like heard and they're probably just having yeah. a bad day and they just had like, a bad experience with the product or it didn't ship and then you're able to actually talk to them they're like and you take care of them obviously that's yeah. this is the asterisk they're like make sure you take care of them and they're always right but once you do that they're like oh man you're the best company ever gonna, gonna buy from you for the rest mm -hmm. of my life like you started off this by saying you hate us and we're a scam <laughs> and like you never got your you know so it, you know if you take the time to take care of people and definitely in a in a quick manner whenever we get behind on tickets it's like the the reactions of people that have to wait even you know a couple extra hours they're like it, it feel that they don't matter um yeah. yeah they don't care about your staffing problems yeah i totally agree with that one i mean definitely the most angry customers like you can sometimes recover i do think it's like a matter of wanting to be seen and heard so definitely we've seen that with our experience and i think that also goes back into yeah as it's been kind of mentioned, but like response time, making sure you're responding quickly and just thinking about like, okay, how can we work with this customer? But definitely some interesting uh, things to think about with like how to take product feedback. Uh, we also do stuff with recharge around like subscriptions. And I've definitely, I've had the opposite experience where it, I use Curology for instance, and they- uh, oh, me too. <laughs> yeah, and I always run through like one. Yeah, you need a, you need more, right? So yeah. I'm curious for that one. I should be writing product feedback so they know that too. Yeah, you have to go in there and then say, "Hey, send me my next shipment early." They don't text you or nothing. Exactly. I know we gotta we gotta get them on get their tech stack updated. Yeah, and what, what, they should what, be using Gorgeous and PostScript. <laughs> Uh, one final, actually you can go to the next slide that it might be more <laughs> relevant to this one. Um, so one thing I was, I was about to say, um, and you can do this a lot of different ways is segmentation is one of the most powerful things you can be doing for your business, segmentation and personalization. And the great thing about there's a lot of great things about PostScript, but one of the great things about PostScript is, <laughs> is that uh, uh, we can take all your historical Shopify data and we can use that as customer filters within the PostScript data to do better segmentation because at the end of the day, most of these platforms, again, charge per message send. So you want to be able to send, send fewer messages um, have higher engagement and one of the things that you can do around that is you can actually tag users who have left reviews and you can create a segment of those specific users who have left that product mm, that's cool so you can be doing saying hey we're going to be rolling out with a new product in the future um we'd love to get your feedback because you've given us great feedback in the past about this product you can then take that segment and then you can export that segment into uh, a CSV file and upload it into Facebook and create a lookalike audience. I think uh, creating really 
segmented, unique look uh, audiences in PostScript and being able to leverage that data for lookalikes is super powerful. It's definitely something that is being underutilized by a lot of marketers today. And I think it's a great way to drive down your CPM when you find people who are willing to engage and like target a specific batch of people on Facebook that are willing to engage with your brand, give you great product feedback. Um, yeah, that's, that's a good way to win. You could even like roll that into your VIP program, basically. Like anyone who's left a review is gonna automatically be enrolled in our VIP program. 100%. Mm -hmm. And then boom, reviews go through the roof. Well, I think we're just about at time here. I know it took a couple extra minutes with uh, my te technical difficulties, but I just want to take the chance to thank everyone so much for joining. I feel like I learned a lot more about what everyone else is doing and what's effective here um, for just driving revenue for e-commerce companies and thinking through personalization, but also leave the floor unless in case anyone has any final thoughts or comments as well. Uh, my, my only one would be uh, uh, that if you guys aren't on chat or using a SMS, honestly, um, uh, you're really missing out on it. It's going to be harder to scale. Uh, the sooner you guys get on it, uh, the better, honestly. Um, and I, I don't own a chat company or an SMS company or anything over here, so I'm un, I'm completely unbiased. Um, but I can tell you that for a lot of uh, campaigns and uh, companies that I ran over the uh, over the last number of years, that it, it's a make it or break it, especially the chat, honestly. Um, and then SMS, uh, if you have transactional or or just card abandoned, you name it. But honestly, it's becoming a necessity, uh, especially now that there's all these problems on the advertising side um, that we kind of covered earlier. Uh, but it's going to be even more and more important. So jump on it. Great point. Um, I have one last thing. So we're going to be having a huge announcement for PostScript on May 5th. We're going to be rolling out with some new functionality that's going to completely change the game of SMS marketing. Exactly. Can you give us a little hint or a preview? Uh, well, the event is called Conversational Commerce. So I think that's a big enough hit. And not only is it going to be uh, a great new product launch, but I think it's going to be one of the, you're, you, when you go to the event, you have the opportunity to get a lot of cool gear um like a lot so go to the event check it out link is in the chat um it is it is game changing gerard i just i just signed up for it and it didn't even ask me for my phone number so come on man <laughs> <laughs> oh no all right i'm gonna i'm gonna tell her SAP. that's hilarious no I'm, I'm stoked for it congratulations i'll Thank be there you. awesome Thank you very uh, Closing comments for me. Thank you so much for having me on here. I learned a lot, took some notes, um, and I have some follow-ups. So thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Same. <laughs> yeah, thank you guys for organizing. It was fun just kind of digging in and talking strategy. Right? Totally. Okay, well, thank you, everyone, and have a wonderful rest of your day. All right, thank you, everyone. Take care, guys. Bye. Take care.